As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, April 22, 2021. BJ, I have no idea how we are in the third week of April. Uh, Appreciate you rolling with my crazy schedule. Last week we were back in production for the film. It's good to be back with you, Johnny L., as we say, behind the glass. And you are rocking the Chicago script vintage today. What is up, my guy? Got nothing. You know, this is for Johnny L., you know. Johnny (laughs) L. got to represent his people, you know. Uh. So we just... So we just got a Hager, talk a little NBA, see what's going. Good, uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. I know you're a busy man, so uh, just kind of hanging. We're hanging. Yeah, so the thing that's really, obviously, we have our, our hit list of stuff today, but what's really exciting right now is, yes, players are in and out of the lineup. Uh, playoff rotations are not current in these games every night, but the majority of these games, each and every night, from the moment our audience is listening to this, April 23rd or beyond, through the play-in tournament to the playoffs, just about every game every night has implications and is important in some way. And that's what really excites me right now. And um, there's been a lot happening. So before I dive in uh, to the rundown, what's the top thing um, that you've been paying attention to the last uh, 10 days, two weeks with the excitement around these games, the shifting standings, and uh, a lot of unknown right now as we're a month out from the playoffs. Well, let's let's get right to it. The New York Knicks. Oh, we're going to Gotham first. Okay. We're going, okay. We're going right to Gotham. We're going right to Gotham. The Knicks right now are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to say that again. Fourth place in the Eastern Conference. There's six games over 500. Tom Thibodeau has these young men playing terrific basketball. And all jokes aside, they're, they're playing great on both sides. Defensively, the effort has been tremendous. They've had injuries. They have the right mentality, next guy up. They're sharing the ball. They're playing the, ball, playing the game the right way. Yep. And as a result, the Knicks are in fourth place. The Knicks are playing terrific basketball, and it looks it looks that the Knicks are going to be in the playoffs this I, year. It would be it would be a uh, a collapse of epic proportions. And you know, all you know, this is me joking, but you know, if there's anybody yeah, that yeah, could you're blow joking. The, you're you're hoping this, that happens. It, so you no, 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 I'm actually not. No. Man. No, I, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Playoff matchups we want to see. I want to see the Knicks and the Celtics play in the first round of the playoffs. And right now, we are headed in that direction. And, you know, in New York, because of uh, the cable situation and how I watch League Pass and all these things, I was missing a lot of Knicks games because I was, I was blacked out. And now that I'm on the West Coast, I, I can watch the Knicks uh, pretty much every time they're on. So I watched the Atlanta game on Wednesday night. And it's a game they easily could have lost uh, 
Uh, it's a game that they uh, they blew a seven point lead in the last four minutes, and it's a game in which that did not phase them, and they won in overtime without too much drama, and that says a ton about the makeup of this team, about Thibodeau, about Julius Randle evolving not just as a major talent, but as a leader. And, of course, your man Derek Rose continues to deliver and play beautiful basketball. And, uh, Johnny L., just pull up uh, in the chat. The the Knicks' record since the Rose trade is, is something that's beyond impressive. And um, what he's bringing to the team experience-wise, stability-wise, poise-wise, BJ, is something that can't be overlooked. You know, Derek has been fantastic there, but there's so many unsung heroes. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson, Nerlens Noel. You know, we can't we can't say enough positive things here about Julius Randle and what he's done. And RJ Barrett, you can see, they've really just stepped up as a team, as a group. And of course, Derrick Rose has been a great stabilizer for them off the bench and what he's been able to do because he's basically playing starter minutes and have an opportunity to finish the game, give them the scoring punch that they need, especially on the perimeter along with Julius Randle. So they've really have, they've developed a nice balance, a nice chemistry. They have shooters, role players. Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock. Great to see him in that role. Great to see him in that role. The Knicks are 22 and 13 since Rose first played in a Knicks uniform this season. Yeah. I mean, they they, they just have it working right now in all cylinders. So it's just great to see in the garden for them to play. And and I'm really excited for them to be playing basketball again in the springtime in New York City. I mean, that's that's great. And uh, it's great for the city. It's great for the league. And... uh, that would be a nice matchup if they could play your Celtics. It's going to happen. These things always work out. It's going to happen, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I've been on the roller coaster, obviously, uh, the last couple of months. And um, to, to watch that Celtics-Warriors game, and I'm going to pivot to the bigger thing here, but to watch that Celtics-Warriors game last Saturday night, and to see a Steph Curry, Jason Tatum shootout when both teams were shorthanded was one of the the, the best games of the year uh, in terms of just entertainment-wise from where I sit. And uh, even though the Celtics had a, a bit of a letdown to start the week against Chicago, they're 8-2 and two in April. Um, they've turned the corner. Kemba Walker is is starting to show signs of not just that he's got the bounce back, but consistency. And uh, the the team has has really started to turn the corner. But BJ, um, as hot as the Knicks are, there's no man on the planet hotter right now than Steph Curry. And uh, what this guy's been doing, and we talk about the appreciation. I mean, 39 points per game in his last 10. Um, Warriors are one game back of the eighth seed. Uh, what Steph's been doing, and what he did that night when he clearly rolled his ankle over badly and then comes back in the game and still is just hitting shots that are impossible for anybody else on the planet to fathom making. Uh, he continues to deliver. Uh, how much of this Steph Curry magnificence have you been uh, taking in the last few weeks? You know, if it was anyone else other than Steph Curry, I would be really impressed. But he's raised the bar <laughs> at such a level. So you expect that it. I, I've, I've come to expect it. And what I've come to expect is the following. Steph Curry shoots the three with such accuracy 
that he's not hot. This is what Steph Curry does. The rest of us, the rest of the league, when they shoot the ball at this clip, at this level, it's because they're in a zone. Let's just call it that. Let's just say they are they had a great week or they've had a great two weeks. Steph Curry has done this his entire career. He's just shooting with more shots now. <laughs> so right. It's he, it's different now because Clay's not there. Exactly. Obviously the Durant exactly. era is gone. So he's he's carrying more shots. Yeah. So instead of him shooting ten threes a night, now he's shooting fifteen to eighteen threes a night. And because of that, he's increased his points. He's increased his average. But the thing that's most impressive is he's still shooting over 40% with this type of defensive pressure and attention. It's not like he's coming into the gym and no one knows Steph Curry is there. Steph right. Curry is the first, second, third option. Every play is for Steph Curry. The other team is basically defending him the moment he gets off the bus. And he's still shooting a high volume of shots at an incredible percentage under duress on the road at home, double team, triple team. That's what's been most oppressive that he's consistently been responsible to shoot the ball and score at this level. You know, it's one thing to just get up a lot of shots. There's another thing to get up shots and be a responsible score and a responsible shooter. Oh, absolutely. And he's doing this at distance. And that's when the most impressive, but this is Steph Curry we're talking about. He's going to shoot 40% or higher no matter what. So I don't think we should be surprised, but we want to be appreciative because this is not normal. This isn't something that you normally see. And I've been saying that for years. I've never seen someone shoot at this distance with this accuracy. And it's been incredible to watch. Yeah, it's it's at the point where like, Set your reminders when the Warriors games are, and don't miss watching this guy play. Um, I think we had that convo just about like the appreciation of him, and I was reflecting back to like when 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 MJ came back for the second threepeat. It was like I'm gonna I'm gonna you didn't realize how much you were gonna miss him until he was gone, and then he's he's back on the team and leading the Bulls you're like I gotta watch this guy play every night because I don't know how long it's gonna last and that's that's how I feel about uh, Curry right now he's, he's well unbelievable. I want to say this I want to make sure yep. we say this because there there are narratives and things you know the difference between Michael Jordan and Steph Curry okay they're they're scoring points and you look at the individual stats the difference is the following Michael Jordan came back and was still the best player and the best team in the league yep okay he was the best player on the best team in the league. Steph Curry right now is the best player on a team that's battling to get into the playoffs. So let's yep. put it in its proper perspective Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Because the narratives are MVP and all of these things. But it's a difference. It's a difference when you're scoring 40 points and you're the best player and the best team than when you are a team right now they're battling to get the t the playing game. Yep, that's that's the difference. Now we got to make sure here. Now I know what the narratives are going to say, and all of the stat guys are going to bring out the stats and da da da. He right now they are battling, and give him credit for 
being engaged, battling every night, and doing his part and doing what he's got to do to win games because he's going out there putting tremendous pressure to win every game because every game for them is absolutely necessary to just get in the playoffs. And that's, that's, that's a tough place to be in because Steph Curry has shown the ability, has displayed the ability in his career that he can be a great player, which he's already done, on a great team. But this yep. year's a little different. Nuggets, Warriors, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, Friday night on ESPN. My alarm is set. My alert is set. Um, you know, the MVP race is something that I don't see us spending a lot of time on, but you brought, you, you, you brought up these narratives. You brought up the fact that he's leading a team that's on the edge. I think Steph Curry and the Warriors in the play-in situation is going to make that uh, that much more exciting and electrify that uh, to a level I think is unimaginable. H- how, do you, how do you see Steph in the MVP conversation being that his team is on the edge of the playoffs, whereas uh, an Embiid, a Joker, a Giannis... Hard to talk about the Brooklyn guys at this point because of the games they've missed, but those guys have their teams uh, who obviously have stronger supporting casts and rosters uh, much higher in the standings. Well, the narratives for awards have changed. I mean, every week there seems to be a new guy. A guy has a good couple games, and suddenly now we throw his name into the MVP category. <laughs> Chris Paul. It used, to be, it used to be a body of work. It used yep. to be, you, you know, you had to carry the responsibility – of your team you know i can recall i'm old enough to recall when michael jordan was averaging 36 37 points a night he was averaging 37 points a night in the league where three-point shooting and all that wasn't in vogue like it is now and they just said oh he's just a sideshow Mm -hmm. think about that we're saying steph curry averaged 39 points crazy 39 points for 10 games we're talking about a guy who averaged 37 a night for an entire season with hand checking and no three point shooting, and then side it wasn't show. even it wasn't even like was he the MVP? It was like ah he's a sideshow. He's a guy who just wears long shorts and he's just <laughs> running around scoring points. Okay, yeah. now so the narrative has changed, the the coverage of the league has changed, and for many of us basketball lifers or however you want to whatever tournament you say what's the reason you play the game i love to be entertained just as much as anyone else but i also want to respect the game and why you play the game so winning to me should always be at the forefront of why you play and then if you can entertain why you're winning like magic johnson like dr j like michael jordan like shaquille o'neal like the late kobe bryant and so many of these wonderful players to me that's what makes the league special, right? You, you, you perform and in the performance, your individuality, your creativity comes out in the context of why we're here to play. So to me, what makes the game beautiful is when you can combine those two and suddenly you understand Magic Johnson, you understand Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a very entertaining player, but within that entertainment, there was never a doubt why he threw that behind-the-back pass or that overhead no-look-away pass. He did it because that was what was needed at that particular moment to win the game. Okay? So, to me, that, that, that's, that will never change, but the coverage of the game has changed. 
the narratives have changed. We're so quick now to say this guy's a great player. Well, why is he a great player? Well, what's he done? You got to do something. So not to go on a long rant or tangent here, but the thing is, you know, I, I appreciate what Steph is doing. Because at this age, he's, what, 33 now? 32, 33, 33, and in the best shape of his career. At 33, to be a guard, every guard understands what I'm about to say. That's a pivotal age. 32, 33, you know at any moment now that you're not improving and you're not getting any better and you're not getting any faster. And speed is a very dangerous thing because it gets you in trouble and it gets you out. And there's no, you're no longer on the getting better physically at 32, 33. And it's not like he's seven feet where he can suddenly start utilizing his strength or utilizing his size. You know, these young guards keep coming in the league, getting faster and faster every single year. So it's very impressive. You know what? And the fact that he's been able to do this, has been great. But at 33, 34, and some young kid who's 20 years old, doesn't even ice after the game. Ah, Eric, you know, we've all been there. All us little guards, yeah. we've been there. We know. Yeah. I, 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 you've heard me say it before. I remember the first time I saw Allen Iverson when I was about 33, 34. <laughs> I said, yeah. you know what? <laughs> things Different have level. changed. Yeah, Different it is. Level. Things, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Back to the, uh, back to the Knicks real quick. I didn't, I didn't mean to get away from it. Um, that quickly you know without i mean mitchell robinson is out alec burks has been out who uh was closing a lot of games for them um you know how far you know the makeup of this team you know how tibbs coaches you know what randall's turned into um you know can can this team win a round in the playoffs? Does it depend totally on the matchup they get? What are you what are you well, thinking here if they're landing four through six? Obviously, if first, they're in six, let, let, they're first, likely let, seeing let, the Bucks. Let's let, let let let's let's start from the beginning here. The New York Knicks have it has appeared to be that they've been in a rebuild for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah, and just as recently as a year ago. The Knicks were being criticized for all of the players that they picked up, right? But let's think about the player. They picked up, uh, I can't, is it Markeith that's in, in, in for the Clippers? Uh, no, Marcus, Marcus Morris. Okay, Marcus. Okay, Marcus for the Clippers. Then they picked up Julius Randle and Todd Gibson. And, and Bobby Portis. And, and Bobby Portis, four guys. They were, yep. they were criticized for that, right? They were criticized. A year later now, one year later, Julius Randle is an all-star. Marcus Morris is a starter on a team that's the second. Top, top, top second, echelon third, Western Conference team. Western yep. Conference. Yep. Bobby Portis is... Having his best season, in, season in, as a pro. As a pro, okay. And Todd Gibson has been stellar for the Knicks. The Knicks were building a culture based on two things. When you are building a team, I know it's not what the 
the analytics want to hear, but when you're building a team and you're, if we throw these words around culture, you know, I'm here to change the culture and all of this stuff. The hmm. Knicks did two things. They upgraded their talent and they upgraded their toughness. And with the addition of Tom Thibodeau, that toughness, because this is basically the same team. This is basically the same team. So give Scott Perry credit. Give the new people that came in, you know, Leon Rose and William Wesley and Tom Thibodeau credit for acknowledging what was there, seeing what it was there, and executing it. But this is the same team. So before we start saying, can they win a series, let's first take little baby steps and say they are competitive right now because that was the whole idea. First, you got to yeah, compete. No, we got, we got to give them, and we got to give them a round of applause. Because yes, absolutely. This has been unbelievable. And this is this is, the- this is this is this is the most unsarcastic, like non bullshit. The fact that they stuck with the plan to be disciplined, n- not make the ridiculous moves they used to do, be somewhat patient, but then look how quickly it's happened in New it's, York. It's amazing in New York. But- In New York. Now, this isn't like we were in Orlando or Sacramento Mm -hmm. or a small market. We're in New York. And for this to happen until, I mean, Julius Randle, he is like, he's playing incredible basketball right now. Julius Randle is like, you you can't tell me right now that Julius Randle is not a top 10 player in the NBA. He's carrying this load. Every single night, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a list to try to put together. I, Come I think on now. we'll probably we'll probably name twenty three guys on that list. But if you want to start Julius having that Randall, combo, we can. And not only is Julius Randle putting up incredible numbers, playing a lot of minutes, he's, he's grown playing his game. winning basket. He's playing yeah, and he's grown basketball. his game. Like Julius Randle two years ago, couldn't yeah. shoot the three like this. Now wasn't a pick and pop threat threat like this. Yeah, he's a I mean the the, the two the man ball. and sorry to cut you off, just the two man game with him and Derek because Derek yeah, it, can still it's, get it's, to his spots. It's it's fantastic to watch. Julius Randle. So I'm going to give the Knicks credit. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned because I'm not going to sit here like so many of my colleagues will get up here and start saying what they could do in the playoffs because I didn't hear anybody at the beginning of the season telling me that the Knicks were going to be in the playoffs. Right. I didn't hear anyone telling me that Julius Randle was going to be an all-star this year. I didn't hear anyone telling me the Knicks were going to advance in the press the first round. So I'm going to say the following. I understood what they were doing. They were, they were very responsible on the contracts they gave those guys. The Knicks are in great position right now. Julius Randle is probably the best contract in the NBA right now. Yeah, the Knicks are in position right now to go out and get a max player. The Knicks right now are in; they are in a fantastic position right now for their books and economically where they can go. They have young players on this roster. R.J. Barrett and these guys are on rookie deals, rookie skill. Mitchell Robinson is an elite shot blocker. Everything is lined up for them. So now it's just a matter mm-hmm. of let's appreciate this moment. 
Let's see what they do. Because if you are a veteran player, a high caliber player, why wouldn't you consider the Knicks? Why wouldn't you consider that? Because the core is there and they have the age and the youth to do it. And you're doing it in Gotham. So yeah. bravo to the Knicks. I didn't hear anyone saying this, but let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it because, as you know, in New York City, you and I both, we understand that market. We understand that next year, the media is not going to be so friendly. <laughs> no, the expectation level the then rises, it rises back to the power. Now when they level. lose two in yeah. a game, it's not right. going to be. Right. It's So, you know, we'll see. Well, uh, yeah. but I'm going to enjoy this this year. This has been great to watch, and let's celebrate. No, it's it. been great, and as fans get back into the arena, and you could feel it uh, Wednesday night's game, and and uh, you know some people I know from New York starting to get into the garden. They're all excited. Uh, Madison Square Garden for NBA playoff games, as uh, you know from a player, and I know from being lucky enough to be in the building years and years ago. Uh, is a very magical and unique place. And um, if that returns to the NBA in New York City um, very soon, uh, I think that'll be very special. Um, one thing I'll say about free agency this summer, um, there's not a ton out there for them. Um, you know, if they want to go veteran point guard, you've got Conley and Lowry. If you want to go veteran wing, you've got DeRozan. Oladipo's a free agent, but now injured again. Schroeder, maybe. I actually like Schroeder for the Knicks with how most of their core is young and has a bright future ahead of them. I think he fits into that timeline. And then, uh, you know, Oubre, Will Barton, Otto Porter, other names that come to mind, but those don't excite me as far as uh, a big building block for the Knicks today to, to take the next step. Back the traditional you. way of thinking to improve your team has always been the following. You do it through the draft, you do it through trades, you do it from free agency, or you do it from within. Those have been the mm-hmm. four ways. Recently, we've had a phenomenon that's occurred in the NBA. It's called a disgruntled star. <laughs> okay? Eric, I mean, if you want to get but, but, if you but we've get had that good, for a long time. We've had so that for Eric, a long time. If you want to get good today, you just wait and have as the team say, you have enough assets and you have enough to package and you wait for a disgruntled star. Yeah. That's so if you are a star player, and all of these things are true. You know, everyone's into marketing and branding and everyone's a brand and, and, and all of these things. There will be a disgruntled star. Oh, if for you sure. Wanted, if you really want to bet on yourself, you should go to New York City because they have everything you're looking for. They have a market. They got a young team. They got the money. They got everything right there. They got a, a good young nucleus good coach, terrific executives, everything is in place. So this new way of thinking, Eric, because look at at all of the movement that's been this year. It hasn't been because of trades. It's been disgruntled players. In particular, disgruntled stars 
who wanted so to go to a certain so place. So instead of trade targets and, and free, free agency, agency no, that, free agencies, let's start. That. We need to start a list of who are the likely who disgruntled stars. stars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, so let me, that's so let me ask you a question, and I'm not saying in any way that Bradley Beal is disgruntled, but he is an elite <laughs> talent. We're not, sure, we're not sure what the direction of Washington would be, but I'm painting a hypothetical here. As good as R.J. Barrett is, would you move him in a deal to get Bradley Beal if you're the Knicks? Because that's what's gonna that's what it's gonna these, take. These these are these are situations. Look, that, that's a big question, and the reason that's a big question is because huge to get if it's Bradley Beal for R.J. Barrett as is. Okay, you look at that, but to get Bradley Beal, do you know how much you got to give up to get him? Yeah, a lot. It depletes your team. <laughs> yeah. We've already been down this with, with Carmelo Anthony. The, the, it's hard for me to look at it from the perspective of just saying player for player. You got to, if you get a Bradley Beal at his salary and RJ Barrett at his salary. Yeah. Hey, much, they don't, they don't match. Yeah. You got to get rid of Mitchell Robinson. You got to get rid of. All these other players, Obi yeah. Toppin, all these other players to get him. It's, it's not like then you everyone is an ankle sprain away. <laughs> right. So it, it it it's it's not that simple if you're building a team and a culture. RJ Barrett is going to be a twenty plus score, twenty point score. Who does a lot of other things on the floor well. And, and 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 Bradley Beal is a is a Bradley Beal is a star. Okay, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But in order to get that star, and and and, I, and, I, and I'm going to go back to the Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony was, still is in my view, a very elite player at what he does because he can score that basketball. But to get Carmelo in New York, they had to give up so much to get him. Now, you're not able to exercise or utilize that player in its proper role because Carmelo is a 25-point scorer every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So yep, that's a that's very a loaded question. So my my instincts would tell me no Yep. because the, the flexibility that I have with RJ and all those other young players. I mean, you have Kevin Knox over there who I think is a talent. You have Mitchell Robinson over there. You have Obi Toppin over there. And you have R.J. Barrett. And they're all on rookie-scale contracts. I'm feeling really good right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good right now. And we're in the playoffs. And we're better right now than the Washington Wizards. And the Washington Wizards have two super max players on their team. Yeah. I so feel maybe, really good about the so Knicks. Maybe this is about the right veteran free agent. Maybe so this is. Maybe this is Kyle Lowry. I don't because know. One of those because one of those one of those ways to improve your team is from within. As well, I yeah, said, that's the other thing. The player, the player and development angle how much here. Better, as, yeah, are those other guys? Are those four guys? Is Obi, Obi Toppin is going to be an improved player? Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson is a improved player from last year. R.J. Barrett is an improved player. Kevin Knox 
has shown flashes. I know he hasn't been as consistent, but Kevin Knox is a talent. Okay, he's he's twenty one years old. He's twenty one years old. <laughs> Quickly, he's twenty one years, years old. So, Mitchell Robinson's twenty two years old. There's only two guys on the roster over thirty. Derek's. I can't believe Derek's only thirty one, and Taj is thirty five. This is what I'm saying. So They've got to stay the course. Stick. They've got to stay, stay the, the course. course. You got to stay the course. And I love Bradley Beal, but again, I'm looking at it and just calling it. You know how I see it. They just added uh, Norvell Pell, uh, role-playing big man with some attitude um, for some front-court depth, I believe, for the remainder of the season. Um, and I, I don't want to brush over this. How great is it seeing Noel finally find his role and footing in the league? Because this guy was, what, second or third overall in the draft, had all these expectations, clearly wasn't ready yet from a physicality standpoint and an offensive standpoint to be a contributor, and was borderline being viewed fairly unfairly as a potential bust, which I think is ridiculous because he had a lot of room to grow. And now he's finally found a role on a team where his skill set is being highlighted, he's being appreciated, and he fits well. And I think he has the potential to be a big part of what they do moving forward with with Mitchell Robinson back. I mean, you put both of those guys at the five, and that's your that's your five man uh, rotation right there. Um, it, it's only positive things, I think, for the Knicks moving forward. So a lot of times when you come into this league. Eric, as a young player, sometimes you find your play, you find your rhythm or you find your team immediately. Sometimes you got to find your way around the league to find your right place. Nerlens Noel is a big. He came into this league and the league suddenly changed. Bigs and what his skill set, what he did and what he does naturally. Let's yep. just call it like it is. It wasn't valued anymore in the league because now we're looking for stretch fives. We're looking for stretch fours and fives who can shoot the three and they're skilled and they can do all of the things, a la Dirk Nowinski, a la, you know, Porzingis, all of these guys who come in and they can stretch players. Nerlens Noel has finally gotten to a, a coach, into a system that values what he does. Nerlin Noel, Noel can be, and I've said this when, when I started scouting him at the University of Kentucky, he is an all-star role player because he does all mm -hmm. of the little things that don't show up in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the box. In the box score. Yep. He, 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 he defends, he's contest every shot. He sets great screens. He, he changes the end of the court. He gives second and third effort. He all he's always in the dunker spot. He doesn't demand touches. All of the things that you want to do where that's valued, suddenly we say, oh, Nerlens Noel, what a great pickup for the Knicks. He's been doing that since high school. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't changed. What has changed is that suddenly he gets to a coach who values that. Tom Thibodeau values effort, okay? Yep. He values that. He's not selling Nerlens Noel, well, you got to improve your three-point shooting or I can't play you. He's not asking Nerlens Noel to be a pick-and-pop guy. Nope. Nerlens Noel picks and you dive. <laughs> yep. And the guy coming off the screen doesn't even have to worry about passing him the ball because he's not looking to it. Nerlens Noel is offensive rebounder. Todd Gibson is looking to get the offensive rebound. 
That's called, yep. you know, in our era, that's called rebound, my friend, if you want to score. <laughs> you want the ball, go get it off the glass. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, that's value there in New York. So now you can see what that brings to your team. He's not asking him to do anything other than to, to do what he does naturally. And it's the coach's job to put those other pieces around him to complement the team. So, again, give Nerlens Noel credit for being a pro all these years and finally getting to a place where you can say, oh, that's what he does. Now, if he goes and plays for, let's say, Mike D'Antoni, he's probably not playing. Yeah. He's probably not playing for that guy. Why? Because that's not valued there. Mike D'Antoni wants stretch fives. And I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong. It's just so for him, this is the right place for him. The guy, he's a pro. And I'm not really concerned about how strong and whether he's ready to play. He, he throws his body around. And he plays hard on both ends of the court. So I mean, without Mitchell Robin, without Mitchell Robinson, he's just been he's been huge for them. I mean, oh man, they, he's, he's been like, he's active and he's he, yep. he's got a, he's got a, what we say he's got a live body. He's got a, he's, no, he's active and, now. And, and the perfect and the perfect pairing too with Randall. Uh, yes, they pair they pair very well together. Uh, another team um, that we need to talk about is the Denver Nuggets. Yes. And they made, obviously, the huge Aaron Gordon move at the deadline. And then Jamal Murray comes back into the lineup after being out a few games. And then he tears up his knee, and he is now out for the season. And they are 4-0 without him. Um, this kid, uh, Dozier, who I don't – did you did you know this? Do you know who Dozier's Dozier. uncle? You know who his uncle yeah. Yeah, his uncle's in, Reggie played, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. No, his uncle's Reggie yeah. Lewis, which is where, yeah. which is why he wears thirty-five. Um, so yeah, my big up. question, my big question for you is, and if we start talking about Reggie Lewis right now, that'll be the end of talking about anything else. Um, can Denver still be considered a serious threat in the West? And and make the necessary adjustments. They're doing it in this short-term span. But can they win multiple playoff series or even one playoff series without Jamal Murray? Because we well, know, you know how great we. I just want to add, we know how great Joker is, but Jamal had become like that cold-blooded closer for them, and it worked perfectly in tandem. You know, up until the injury, I really like this Denver team, and I thought this team was built. I think to you make said it on the show. Run. Yeah. yeah, I think they were. I thought this was a championship caliber roster. The Aaron Gordon trade I thought was terrific. Aaron Gordon along with JaVale McGee, I thought that was a terrific fit for them. The combination of the inside outside combination of Jamal Murray and, and Jokic, excellent. I thought this was a championship caliber roster. You don't lose Jamal Murray and suddenly say, you have the same expectations. Now, they are 4-0, and they are a very deep team. Next man up. That was a very, yeah, that was a devastating that was a devastating loss for them. And, you, again, we're seeing injuries happen. You know, it seems like every week we're seeing another player. Too much. Too yeah. much. 
So, you know, I, I Joker is good enough. You know, he puts up just massive numbers. I mean, he just he he's a he's an anchor player where he can carry a team. Now, you just don't take Jamal Murray out of a lineup. Jamal Murray is a big time performer. I mean, what he did in the bubble. I mean, you you, you don't. This young man was down three one. So when you say when he gets hot in the kitchen, you find out who can who can handle it. Jamal Murray stood in there not once, but stood in that kitchen a couple times and prevailed down three one. And he's a big time, big time player. So I think it's gonna be very difficult for them to advance past the conference finals without him. And you're gonna miss him at some point. I mean he's he could very well be the best player not in the all-star game right now. And that's mm. and, and that to me, that's, that's probably as high a compliment as I can, that I can give a player who's not an all-star. He is probably the best player not named an all-star yet that's out there in the NBA. And let's hope for, hope for him a speedy recovery that he gets back because Jamal Murray is, he's a great, great kid, terrific player. And very unfortunate that that had to happen. So um, I think it's going to be difficult for Denver, but you can't count them out because of Joker and all the other players that they have. No, you can. And I mean, he's playing point guard from the five position. So, you know, this is more opportunity for Michael Porter Jr. This further amplifies the need to make the Aaron Gordon move, which they did. And it creates uh, an even bigger role for Will Barton, who I think we both agree is a very, very capable player and does a lot of good things on the floor. Um, they're going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I think Denver, the key for them is, you know, what is this matchup going to be and what side of the bracket are they on is, is going to have a lot to do with um, how far they go. But we know Mike Malone will have these guys ready to compete and they want a very close game in Portland on uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, they're 4-0 uh, since he's gotten hurt and 7-3 and without him for the entirety of the season. So... Uh, we will see. Sticking with the uh, injury lane here, um, Harden out indefinitely with a hamstring setback. KD out with a thigh contusion. LeBron's missed time. AD's been out. He's coming back soon. Kawhi's out with right foot soreness. Um, you started to harp on it. We've got a lot of injuries right now to some of the biggest names in the league. Um, does your gut tell you that if these were playoff situations, they'd be playing. And right now, they're just these teams are just trying to get everyone right and make sure they've got all their big guns um, ready for the playoffs. Or should there be some real concerns here about any of these situations as we look to uh, spring 2021 NBA playoffs and, and the quest for the title? You know, Eric, my, my gut tells me the following. You know, I love I, I I personally love it when they say, well, if this was a playoff game, they would play. I, yeah. I love that, right? Yeah. But then the former player in me always surfaces, you know, internally. I have these internal conversations, and I always say the following. So the playoff games, let me get this straight, are going to be played at a higher intensity, Right. You're going to extend and play more minutes. Yep. More contact. And 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 the space in between the games is basically every other day. 
with less time to rest and do those things. And the physicality of the game is amped up. Now, you know, Eric, there's no way to cheat conditioning. I have tried every way possible. Trust me, ladies. To cheat conditioning. (laughs) I've tried every way possible to get around conditioning on the court. I've ran four miles on a treadmill. I've tried, I've done every eating regimen you can possibly do, healthy eating, every treadmill, every, any type of conditioning drill I've tried to do to prepare me so that I could, you know, and I didn't have to go out there and play and, 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 and play during the, the summer. There's no way around it, okay? So these guys, they are well-conditioned athletes, but nothing will replace that game. And I don't care what James Harden and these guys are doing, and all of these phenomenal athletes, LeBron, Kawhi, I don't care what they're doing. There's no way to get around that. So what I'm concerned about, I think we talked about it last week, is that time is running out for these guys to get in peak condition because now in the playoffs, I'm going to ask these guys to play 35 minutes harder than they play probably in the regular season. And I'm going to ask them to extend that now to 48 minutes if need be because you got to do what you got to do to win the playoffs. And rest and recovery is going to be shorter. So that's not good for James Harden. That's not good for LeBron. That's not good for Kawhi. That's not good for Kevin Durant. That's not good for any athlete who is not in the proper condition to push their body to the max. So I'm concerned because unless these guys have some magical formula that I'm not aware of, which is possible, I'm concerned for these guys because they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be in the proper condition to do what it is the team is going to ask them to do. It's, it's, it's impossible. It, it's, it's impossible. Now, so that's how I see it. Do I want these guys healthy? If they can give me 25 minutes, bring it. Just give me what you got. But if I gave 25 minutes of LeBron James and that's all he can give me, is that good enough in the playoffs? I don't think so. Against this Western competition, I don't know. Let, let's look at Brooklyn quickly for a moment. It's it's we're having this conversation on April twenty second. The playoffs start in exactly a month. These guys have not played a lot together. Harden, what seven games? And, they, yeah, <laughs> they, I, I mean, Johnny L. How many games have they played together? Pull it up, please. Um, you know, I mean, I'd be very, I'd be, I'm, I'm very doubtful I'm that the, I'm, yeah, I'd be very, I'm, I'm doubtful that the Brooklyn Nets can win three playoff series under these circumstances. And the answer is seven. Durant and Harden have played seven games together. I'm, I'm just concerned because if you're the coach, you're looking at these incredibly talented, gifted players. You're looking at AD and LeBron. Let's just take those guys. You're looking at KD, Kyrie, and James and Harden. Harden. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, 
if I push them to fatigue, I'm going to increase their chances of re-injuring themselves because they're not in that type of condition. Let's just call it what it is. Like, so as much as we want to say... I like how you're kicking your desk right now. Yeah, I, well, I, because... I, I, because yeah. There's one part of the game that you can't get around. Nope. That's can't fix that. Can't can't hide. Yeah. You can't hide. You, you you can you can get hot and score some baskets because scoring covers a multitude of sins that you can make on the court. But it's one thing you cannot hide. And if you are not in the proper conditioning to play that game at 94 feet in the playoffs, you will be exposed. And no athlete has figured that out yet. So I get it. I want those guys to be healthy. But now I have to say, what's my expectations? Because if you're not playing, you're not in the proper timing. You can't get the proper rhythm. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And, and the coaches know that. The players know that. And... Yeah. At I mean, some point, seven, seven, seven games. Let's take Brooklyn for an example. You got to go seven games with Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, and the rest of that supporting cast who have been playing together. Obviously, Holiday is new to that team, but the rest of that cast, for the most part, has been playing together for well, two to th- two to three years. They have their wind. They are conditioned. Like Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Marcus Smart, like. Philadelphia I'm just with every yeah. other day, every other day, like every you're going to basically plan every yeah. other day. That's what I'm concerned about. It's not like the bubble where there was no travel. You just right. get on the bus and, and roll right to the game. Right now there's two, two, one, 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 mm-hmm. one. Okay. Yep. So there's yep. going to be travel. And, be, and listen, that Brooklyn to Boston, Brooklyn to Philly, the, Brooklyn to the, Milwaukee, whatever, you don't need two days off between those games for that travel. So is, we know the the league is trying to get back on a regular schedule for next season. This playoff schedule is is gonna be is gonna be challenging. So I'm I'm so I'm with you there. And I'm, I'm concerned. You know, yeah. I'm concerned about that. I, I I conditioning that's one thing I try to eliminate as a player. Conditioning was not going to be an issue for me at any that, level. That, yep. Yep. Like, okay, I could live with missing shots. I could live with missing an assignment. You know, you know, guy just made a great but move. You can't, great can't live with can't live with being can't live with running out of gas. Man, I, you can't play that game when you fatigued. Nope. You 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 can't. That's why you need preseason. Like, I needed preseason to get in condition. I didn't want to play those ten games. I needed those ten games. Mm-hmm. Because your body, you don't just like again. Uh, but I'm, I know I'm old in a different way of thinking. Like they cut the preseason games down to like four or five games. You know, yep. They cut it. I'm like, I needed those ten games to ease my body back in. Yep. Like yep. I now needed a better, couple bumps now, and bruises now, to. Yeah. Now, now you got to play. You know, you got to get in the gym in August and September before you're in camp. Yeah. Eric, like, this is an NBA game. I didn't want to play in an NBA game after, like, three or four preseason games. I didn't. Like, I needed, yeah. like, ten games to, like, I needed to go, like, one for ten in the preseason to get that out of my system. Yep. I needed to travel and 
and get my routine back on pace to like, okay, this yeah. is what I do when I get in the hotel, you know, to get back in the field. I, I needed like 10 games to kind of get myself back to sure. where I needed to be. So when the season started in November, okay, I had got all the, 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 the rehearsal time out. These guys are like, no, nah, I just want to play in the game. Like, huh? Like, how are you gonna get? How are you getting conditioned that fast? Like, it doesn't even, like, yeah. And I think like the, the union. And th- like, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I think the Brooklyn and LA situations are, are yeah, they're similar from the fact that these guys got to get a ba- back on their flo- on the floor, get their wind and conditioning out, but. You know LeBron James is in the gym working every day, and you know he's absolutely. And, and there's and obviously there's nothing that equivocates uh, gameplay, but if there's one guy that can flip the switch, who knows what it takes, it's him. And I think the key now is AD getting back and getting the uh, the reps in. So I don't look at Brooklyn and LA through the same lens, but due to the um, competition in the West with how the Clippers have been playing recently, the Suns. Uh, Donovan Mitchell should be back soon for the Jazz, um, Portland, Denver, and then who knows what some of these low seeds could present as challenges. Um, the Lakers better be careful here. Yes, they could flip the switch. They could finish five or six and find their way into the NBA Finals, but the road ahead for them is going to be even more challenging than it was trying to win the title in the bubble, in my opinion. But I'm going to be very quick about the Lakers. Look, I'm not doubting the Lakers' talent. This isn't a talent issue. This no. is just timing, Chemistry and timing. And all those things. And I have major concerns. And, again, I have no doubt that AD and LeBron are working and will be as well conditioned as they can possibly be under the circumstances that they are currently in. However, the game is different. And game conditioning for the regular season is different than game conditioning for the playoffs, which is game conditioning for the NBA Finals. Okay, there's levels to this. I don't care who you are. You can be in the gym, working in the pool, Mm -hmm. Stairmaster, bike, and all those things. Nothing will get you prepared for a Donovan Mitchell crossover. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Cring, cringing at the thought of trying to move uh, with that laterally. Yeah. Cringing. So, again, until you get out there and get your body conditioned for that, and and you got to do it, and there's no way around it. So, we'll see. No one's doubting the, the talent. If those guys are healthy and they are at 100%, you and I aren't having this conversation. But right now, they're not. So yep. there are concerns, and I think they are concerned. Whether or not they'll admit it, but they have to be concerned because you don't, you never know how your body is going to respond, especially coming off an injury. For sure. Uh, last question. We, I mentioned it briefly before when talking MVP, but uh, the Phoenix Suns have a chance to finish with the best record in the Western Conference. And they play your Celtics uh, tonight. You haven't said anything. They they about that. they play play the Celtics Thursday night. So by the time uh, people listen to this, the game will be over. Uh, should be a very entertaining game that I am going to watch start to finish on delay for those scoring at home. But all joking aside, uh, Chris Paul has got to be 
in this MVP conversation in a similar fashion to how Steve Nash won two MVPs back in uh, 05, 06 with the level he uh, raised that team to night in and night out. What are your thoughts on CP3 and where he sits in uh, the most valuable player convo? No narratives, but just where does he sit in your mind? What he's done there, and well, I'm going to go back to the been bubble special. Where, this, where all of this started. Okay, I'm going to go back to the bubble. So he's still wearing a Thunder uniform. He's still wearing a Thunder uniform. Last year, the Thunder exceeded our expectations. This was supposed to be a rebuild for them. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul supposedly had a contract that was untradeable. And again, myself included, I did not have them in the playoff race at the beginning of the season last year. I didn't. I didn't not many think did. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Alexander were going to figure out how to play together, right? I thought those were three guards who are all capable of scoring, of being starters in this league and give Billy Donovan credit for figuring it out. Big time. They were terrific last year. Now, the Phoenix Suns get to the bubble under Monty Williams. They go 8-0 in the bubble. I like this parallel you got here. I like this parallel. Now, now, so... The Phoenix Suns, under the leadership of Monty Williams, had this team moving in the right direction. They go, they were, they were undefeated in the bubble. They were undefeated. They were great. Chris Paul, being the basketball savant that he is, I'm sure of this. I haven't spoken to anyone about this. I'm sure of this, though. He sat back, and he looked on the horizon, and he said, hmm, where could I fit in where I could help them as much as they can help me at this stage of my career? I'm sure of this. Because after how Chris Paul performed last year in the playoffs, if I remember correctly, they took them this they took Houston Rockets to like game seven, right? That series went six or seven. Yeah. Six or seven. They they went it was a, it was a very contested mm-hmm. playoff series. Chris Paul, I'm sure, sat back and looked at it and said, hmm, this team is just missing one thing. Me. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Yeah. I, it, it, it's no doubt in my mind. This is no accident. But that team was ready. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they're ready. The Mikhail Bridges. A very under-the-radar move that was made, Jay Crowder, Dario Saric. They have quality NBA role players with some young star players. And Chris Paul comes in and allows them the leadership and the stability so that when things get a little shaky, he can right the ship for those three, four minutes. Because he's a human organizer. That's what he is. They call him the point god. I call him the human organizer. 
Chris Paul can organize. If you're if you're if you're if if your home is unorganized, Chris Paul will come in and put everything in its right place. That's what he does. Wherever he's gone, from the moment he got in this league, he has done that. He's a human organizer. He did it when he was with New Orleans. He did it when he was with the Clippers. He did it when he went to Houston. He did it when he went to Oklahoma, and now he's doing it here in Phoenix. So Chris Paul looked out, saw what he needed, saw what the team needed, and it's been a great fit. And Monty Williams should be, Monty Williams should be considered coach of the year because they've been terrific. They've been terrific all season. They've been great. It's been it, it's been a great fit, and what I like most about this team is they've done it all year. They've got their reps in, for the most part they've been healthy, and this team has been consistently in the two three spot all year, and I think this team is poised. They're poised yeah. if they can stay healthy to be a problem there in the Western Conference because of they they are. BJ, they're one game out of the one spot. That's they're what I'm saying. They, they, game in the loss column. It's under the radar. Utah. They've been doing this under the radar. They've been doing yep. this under the radar. So, and what you're starting to see with this team, last thing I'll say, is they're beginning to win on the road. Best road record in the NBA, 19 yeah. and 7. So, Monty, starting there. You know, James Jones, the, the GM. And Monty Williams, and now it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and all of those guys. They've all stayed bought the in. Course. Yep. They've stayed the course. And now this is a team. They have a veteran player in Chris Paul who won't be rattled in the playoffs. They have a proven score in Devin Booker. And they got a big-time athlete in DeAndre Ayton. Okay? And they have great role players and supporting players who know their role, play hard on both ends. And, you know, and we keep talking about Utah. We keep talking about the Lakers. We keep talking about the Clippers. But quietly, Phoenix Phoenix Suns are right there. Phoenix, if they can get the one seed and could possibly have a Phoenix-Lakers second round. I mean, whoever all these matchups are going to potentially be exciting, and we're still too far away, and the standings are too tight to go into uh, preview mode. But... Uh, This Western Conference playoff uh, season is going to be incredible. Great show today, my friend. Covered a lot. Great to be back in the, uh, I don't know, what are we we calling it? The the host chair, the hot seat, the coach's box? I don't know. Great to be on with you, I'm going to go watch this Boston Celtic game right now. Yep. I'm going to see. Enjoy. It is. I think it'll be some great scoring, some great. Uh, yeah, no Brown, no Fournier, no Rob Williams, but uh, they're figuring it out. So um, I'm sure I'll get a uh, a uh, variety of text messages from you later. And we've got Brooklyn and the Celtics Friday night with uh, a bunch of games uh, ahead this weekend. Also highlighted by Golden State Denver on Friday. The Steph Show continues. And on Saturday, uh, hopefully AD is playing Mavericks, Lakers, Dallas now on the edge uh, of uh, the play-in, I believe tied in the loss column with um, Portland. And Portland has one more win. So that's something we got to keep an eye on. And then Philly and Milwaukee uh, again on 
on Saturday for the second time this week. I believe they play uh, tonight as well. And uh, Phoenix this week, they already played Philly. They play the Celtics Thursday, and then they play Brooklyn on Sunday, but uh, likely no Harden or Durant for that one. But the beat goes on, my friend. Good stuff today. You're in lounge mode. Special thanks, as always, to Bruce Bernstein, OG Mike Lieber, Johnny L., Kicking ass, taking names back there, Johnny L. Producer, Kristen Woolley, the entire Pure Hoops media team. Check out the Mike Wise Show, dropping each and every Monday. We've got Full Court with Fisher and Kay on Tuesdays. Catch and Shoot 2.0, Otto Strong, Aaron Berlin. Wednesdays, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure. Thursdays, and the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and yours truly, Eric Newman. On Fridays, as we are now one month out from one of the most exciting times in sports, the NBA playoffs. Enjoy the action. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay pure. Peace. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.